How's it going, Nashville? This is the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Chris Beavers, where we will unpack all things health and wellness. We will clear up common myths, highlight amazing fitness opportunities, and bring you guys the best information about health here in the great city of Nashville. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Today we have the privilege of hanging out with Caleb Gregory, who is the owner of CrossFit East Nashville. So Caleb, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, uh, your, your fitness background is, is rich and full of all kinds of good things. So man, I'd love to know more about your, your background, how you got interested in fitness, and uh, really how the gym came to be. Yeah, uh, so, so fitness for me has been uh, a pretty consistent part of my life since uh, growing up playing sports. Right. So... Um, you know, at the ripe young age of 12, I followed my brother into Primo's Gym in Maryville, Tennessee, where <laughs> dudes were grunting and sweating and <laughs> doing things. I'm like, wow, what does that do? What does that do? So had a kind of a natural, uh, organic interest in, yeah. uh, in, in really bodybuilding. Sure. Um, which naturally progressed to, I'm in college and I started as a uh, pre-professional major for veterinary medicine. Oh, nice. That's a long route. Uh, it was a long route. A long and I route. discovered that uh, organic chemistry was not my strong Ooh. suit. Organic chemistry is not uh, fun. I hated it. <laughs> and so I uh, switched over to communications degree. There you go. why not? Totally different. I and, like it. Uh, and, and decided that I didn't want to do that either. So I went into uh, exercise physiology, there switched you go. again, so yeah. third degree in college. Realized <laughs> that I enjoy working out, I enjoy being physically active, yep. and sort of a way to take something that I enjoy and do it for the rest of my life. Right, why not? And so hence uh, my professional pursuit of strength conditioning, fitness, and performance. So went to uh, graduated from Middle Tennessee State University uh, with a degree in exercise physiology, um, and actually uh, in that time was was in a full time ministry role. Nice. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Yeah. Graduated college, moved back home, um, and opened a CrossFit gym. I love it. I love so, it. Um, and this is in Maryville. So this is in Maryville, Tennessee, my hometown. So a friend and I opened a CrossFit gym together, CrossFit CHF, which is still in existence today. Nice. Um, we opened that, but but all of kind of all those those weird roads of never leaving, uh, kind of my pursuit of being a fit individual. Uh, I found CrossFit in college and was doing it in my backyard with a pair of dumbbells and a <laughs> barbell from Play It Again Sports and, uh, and then found a gym that had bumpers and they let me clean at night there you go. to have access to their gym and Super so I cool. uh, was doing CrossFit, um, was getting this physiology degree. Um, How'd you and, first find CrossFit? Uh, yeah, so that's a really funny story. Uh, my friend uh, Bradford we were kind of talking about how we were doing these weird... So I was taking kind of this general bodybuilding pursuit, mm-hmm. and I was doing things in, like, time intervals. Oh, so kind of circuit training on steroids, and we were doing things like hang power cleans into a set of bench press into a set of chin-ups. Yeah. And so we were taking a lot of these, these kind of old-school principles and fitting them into a higher-intensity setting... Um, we saw like world's strongest man flipping tires, and like that's pretty cool. Let's do some <laughs> of that on Tuesday, yeah. and, and then let's do you know some chin ups and some 
bench press on Wednesday. And so he calls me at one o'clock in the morning and he's like, I found it. You know, <laughs> I'm like waking up out of a slumber. What are you talking about, dude? He's like, <clears throat> CrossFit.com. You got to go look at it right now. That's so funny. And so, you know, I'll pull up my, my desktop at the time. Classic. And uh, look up CrossFit.com, and I'm just scrolling through what they call the workout of the day. So right. This is 2005. Yeah, super early. And so I'm scrolling through, and it's like the most generic web page <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And um, I wish I could have seen it. Essentially, a blog at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. And they're posting workout of the day. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what we've been doing, but <laughs> better. And we don't have to think about it. Yeah. We just get to do what they do. And so we found CrossFit.com, and um, we made, like, we took PVC conduit and baked it in the oven and <laughs> shaped a set of rings out of climbing webbing. And oh, my gosh, that's insane. Tree. And so, you know, we were, like, getting basketballs and filling them with lead shot and sand to try to make <laughs> medicine balls. And so it was kind of this this underground movement of, Dang, that's of, crazy. of CrossFit, and, and it had a really big appeal to us and, and kind of package some of our thoughts and ideas about what we wanted to do um, and packaged it into an explanation of why you would do it. Yeah. Um, and put it in a format that was digestible um, mm. and kind of palatable for the the person who kind of knew what they were doing <laughs> um, but needed some guidance. Sure. And so it was, you know, it was kind of this opportunity to embark on this world of fitness that um, was a little bit avant-garde in our minds and kind of in, in perception and in perspective, uh, but they were putting it into a digestible format of, oh, that's pretty cool. We can yeah. follow this. Right. Well, I think it's cool that you guys, you know, you guys are walking this. You had some of these ideas and principles before, and then now there's kind of new paradigms around, and yep. you're kind of meshing the two, right? And like people who are kind of in the midst of it and trying to figure it out like those are the people who really understand it and can tweak it and adjust yeah. it right for later on yeah. for the programming or obviously when you went to, to open a gym so yeah I was about to, to, to going from seeing um, this thing on a piece of paper that or this I guess on a screen that, that you saw they were recommending you to do and then when we opened our gym how do we take and apply this to a setting that has you know multiple right. skill levels, multiple ability levels, uh, multiple ages, right? I was right. 22. Um, our first member <laughs> was 44. Nice, that's great. So uh, a guy named Lee Hanley, I'll never forget. He was our first member, day one, Lee. And that's it. I love right? it. Our first CrossFit <laughs> class at, at 5.30 a.m. And, uh, and so he's 44, he's not 22. Right what I do about that. Exactly. And so, you know, learning to apply um, this shift in paradigm mm. to not just a 22-year-old, but to a 44-year-old. Right. Uh, well, it's not like the, there was programming for masses at that point, right? Like, it's like, uh, it's you guys penciling and changing and adapting yep. for, for your members. Yep. And, and doing it in a space that really wasn't set up. You know, our, our pull-up bars weren't what you see in a CrossFit gym now. They right. didn't have Rogue Fitness wasn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was a, a Smith machine, or sorry, not a Smith machine, a cable machine. Oh, that's crazy. That had, a, a, you know, yeah, a, pull up. A, a 
disjointed pull-up bar in the middle oh, of it. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even think about so, that. So, yeah, there were, there, you know, bumpers were very hard to come by at that point. That's um, crazy. Things you don't even think about, right? Like, yeah. I mean, now you just, well, uh, pre-pandemic, you just go to Rogue and order and it's at your door in a couple days. I mean, even now, it's pretty hard to find. Then it was, I think there were really three suppliers for for bumpers. One was a guy named Glenn Pendelay, yep. who was, a, you know, he just passed away this past year, but he was an Olympic weightlifting coach living in Texas, and he sold them out of his garage. <laughs> there was um, uh, a place in Alabama called Right Rubber, yep. and then you had the another place in Tuscumbia, Alabama, that I'm blanking on. But the high, name, high but temp? Or? High temp. Yeah. And that was, that was really it. Those were your, kind of your three places where the general consumer could order a you know an Olympic style bushing barbell yeah and some bumpers that's insane um, we built plyo boxes <laughs> uh, we made we had we had, well you know Dynamax was around but, yep but it was like I'm not paying 150 dollars for a medicine <laughs> ball that's crazy let's, let's build it uh, and so we made them out of like you know basketballs and put a tire <laughs> patch on that's insane. Um, so it was, you know, it was a really neat to kind of be on the, really the ground floor of, of yeah, that and, yeah. and get to, to learn and, right. and do while you're learning. Exactly. Well, and then obviously you transitioned from there back here to Nashville and then yep. CrossFit East Nashville was born a few years back. Yeah. Uh, of 17. Yeah. So tell us about that process. and. Yeah. So um, when, so we moved to Nashville, I wasn't, I was actually on, on staff at the church here in town and really loved what I was doing, but finding just... Uh, some difficulties in that world, sure. Um, kind of personally and 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 familially, and um, just really kind of tired and exhausted, and sure um, presented a, a kind of just things I didn't want to deal with anymore. Absolutely, um, and I didn't need to, so I needed to take a break. And Good so, for you though for realizing that and be like, hey, I'm 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 burnt I, out. And I, I may have, I may have even learned it a little late, but luckily I did kind of see the writing on the wall that I'm burning out. Yeah. Um, and I'm not doing anyone any good if I'm yeah. not out. Hit the nail on the head. Um, and so a friend of mine was like, man, why don't we start a gym? There's there's this huge gap in East Nashville. And at the moment it was it was really saying there's a, a kind of a, a large demographic mm-hmm. that um, that has the income, number one, to be able to pay for a CrossFit gym. Right? It's expensive. We fully realize that. Um and there's a hole. Right. Let's fill not only the, the void of needing a new fitness center in that area, um, but also in some ways, uh, this kind of this ever-evolving, ever-changing, um, even even another shift, another paradigm shift toward approaching CrossFit. Um, let's let's see if we can make that work. Yeah, I love um, it. I love a, it. In kind of a, a, a new setting and a a new gym and a new spot in East Nashville. And so out of that came CrossFit East Nashville in 2017. So we just saw a need. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a need for another CrossFit gym. Right. Right. There wasn't a need for an, just another fitness center. Correct. But there was a need for um, a, a little bit of a tweak in how we approach this. Yeah. Um, for whether it's for the general population or even for uh, someone desiring to be on the competitive sports side of the CrossFit yeah. world. Well, and I think CrossFit gets such a bad rep, but, you know, rap, and we were talking about this beforehand, of, of, man, people, like, there's gyms that'll just beat people into the ground until there's no tomorrow, right? Like, it, it, clearly, if they're all rolling on the ground dying, we did our job, right? And that's, 
the unfortunate reality it's kind of what's giving CrossFit a bad name I think yeah and I think that you know that that and, and I fell victim to that same mentality sure. when I opened my first gym yeah. is that we're not giving people the you know the the high intensity that they deserve right right if they're not sweating and dying on the floor for 10 minutes after a workout um and so, yeah, that, that idea that we don't have to leave people blooding and dying along the way so long as we make a name for ourselves as <laughs> a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Um, and so taking that idea and that premise and applying it to just a broader group setting under the umbrella of CrossFit, right? We're still a CrossFit gym. We yeah. still do, um, you know, varied movements uh, across multiple time domains and multiple... Um, kind of pursuits of fitness or multiple domains of fitness if you will, multiple um, what's the word, I just drew a blank on the word I was looking for um, <laughs> yeah, forget the anyway, word yeah, yeah. anyway uh, varied pursuits for fitness yeah. um, and so we're not just a barbell, we're not just a kettlebell gym we're not just a calisthenics gym we're not just yeah. a cardio based uh, gym, so disciplines. Yeah, yeah, there so you go. That's what you're looking for. Multidisciplinary yeah. approach for fitness. Um, it's just a little bit of a, a shift. Yeah, so. which which I think is great. You know, I mean, I showed up for a drop in. You guys are doing, uh, you know, Turkish get ups, and there was some, you know, some, some shoulder blade work yeah. and, and, and kind of shoulder stability work yeah. kind of pre programmed in. And yeah. I love that. You know, why have you, why do you, why have you begun doing some of that that, that you weren't doing before? Yeah, I think uh, the, the idea that um, sometimes you have to slow down to be able to go faster. Yeah, that's great. I love um, that. The, you know, you, you don't take someone who wants to be a race car driver and stick them in a car and say, here's the track, here's a 600, power, 600 horsepower <laughs> car, good luck. Yeah. Um, and so the, the idea that people are drawn across it because they see these high levels, these pursuits of intensity, um, but they mash the gas pedal too fast. Yeah, that's good. And so sometimes to get better, to be able to go faster, we have to learn how to go slower. Yeah, that's to good. Learn how to, to, to kind of um, to slow down and do things well, mm. so that we can speed up and continue to do them well. Yeah. Um, and and you know and then too, uh, from my own pursuits of CrossFit and wanting to be a competitor kept having these nagging like my traps in my neck and my scaps were mm. always hurting and yeah. you know thoracic outlet stuff and tingling in my fingers it's not good yeah it's like I'm doing something wrong here right right if this is the holy grail of fitness I don't think I should be hurting yeah that's so good um, yeah and so I kind of in some ways got sick of my own pain right? <laughs> or some of my own dysfunction. Yeah. And so I began to take a step back and think there's a root to this. Mm. Maybe if we actually get back to the root of establishing really solid movement patterns um, and building some of this finer uh, musculature and these finer motor patterns that help support broader motor patterns, yeah. then it's only uh, going to help. Mm. And so uh, that's where the whole idea of doing things, and our warm-ups are essentially, they're therapeutic in nature. Yeah, they're very, they're, I mean, there's a lot of the same drills in yeah. rehab with folks. Yeah, exactly. They're prehabilitative and rehabilitative in nature. So we know that, that 
everyone can only benefit from improving scapular stability and scapular mobility or improving um, core tension or improving how we breathe. Yeah. Um, and so why not give that to people? Why not uh, uh, create a, an environment where people can learn how to do that really well? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the premise behind why we use it. Yeah, well, I think it's important, you know? It's like you, you if you never, some warm-ups I've seen in gyms, it's like, hey, let's go for a 200-meter run, and then we're just going to pick a barbell up and start pressing overhead. And you're like, man, like that's never going to build, you know, cuff strength and, and, and scapular stability and some of this Correct. other stuff that prevents people from having these aches and pains. Correct. Let's let's turn let's turn the machine on before we use it. Yeah. Dude, that's um, huge. I love turn, that analogy yeah, too. Yeah, turn the machine on before we use it. And so, um, yeah, that's I think that's kind of the the premise behind why we do some of that. And the goal is that we're learning to move better and better movement always leads to better movement. Yeah. Um, and so if we need to slow down to do that, then we just simply need to slow down. Yeah. Which is, which is huge, you know, a Metcon, and I've started to realize some of this in my own kind of, you know, Metcon programming for myself and those kind of things. It's like, dude, it doesn't have to be you stepping the foot on the gas for 60 minutes, you know what I mean? It's like, no. you don't need to be doing two or three Metcons going just bad out of hell to, yeah. to the extreme. Yeah. You can program some heavier movements in there, slow down a little bit, build some strength yeah. on top of it, you yeah. know? Yeah, well, it's, it's the, right, it's that idea behind progressive overload. Right. Um, and that's whether that's through kind of that multimodal conditioning approach or through strength in general. Yeah. Um, it, the, the foundation of that is the same. And this is, this is a, a CrossFit mantra that I don't think people follow really well, but um, consistency, mechanics, consistency, intensity. So let's learn the mechanics of the yeah. movement. Let's consistently apply it before we apply the intensity factor of that. Yeah. Um, well, and if you can get the mechanics built in, then you're not going to have some of this aches and pains all the time. People just automatically assume that, well, I do CrossFit, so therefore I'm going to hurt in some capacity. And, I'll, you know, when I'm 40, I'll, I'll just stop doing this because I'm hurting all the time. You Correct. Know? And, and two, I think, I think one of the things that, that – and, and there's, a, there's a, a, a level of that, right? So that's, that's to scale, meaning that if I'm doing CrossFit to pursue general physical fitness, we don't want pain. Right, right. Pain, or, or we don't want extreme levels of discomfort that are bordering pain. However, there is that idea of I'm doing this for sport. Sure, 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 sure. And so I think I think distinguishing, and this is where the the waters became really muddy and clouded with CrossFit, is when we saw that sport dynamic mm. come into play. Yeah, and everybody's an athlete. And while we can do athletic things, everybody's not an athlete. Right. And we shouldn't treat everyone as if their uh, if their fitness is a pursuit to elite level athletics. Exactly. Right. Or to go to the CrossFit. To games. go to the CrossFit right. games. That's just not true. Yeah. Um, and it can't be, and it shouldn't be. Exactly. Um, so for our folks in our gym in particular, who are pursuing this as a sport, there are some things that we. There are some ways that we want to, to manage aches or pains, but know that in, in some realms, that's inevitable. And sure. so, yeah. what do we do in the pursuit of being athletic, and how do we work around those things yep. that are inevitable as we pursue a high level of athletic? 
athleticism. Absolutely. Well, again, I tell people this all the time. You know, they, I get I get the frustrated client, right? They're injured on my end, and they yeah. come to see me. It's like, man, you know, better better to have an orthopedic injury than heart disease and cancer and all sort of stuff that you could have prevented. Correct. You know? Correct. <laughs> I would much rather my back be a little bit sore from from pursuing fitness and wellness and health yeah. than a chronic disease. Exactly. Right. Um, because I also know that that something I did cause the pain, and so there's something I can do to undo it. So so true, right? Um, As opposed to, man, I've been sitting on a couch for 10 years and my back still hurts. I don't know why my back hurts. Correct. <laughs> correct. And and sitting on the couch more is not going to make your back magically better. No. Um, Public service announcement. <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, being still is not going to make you better. Literally the worst thing you can do for back pain. Correct. <laughs> and so having holding those things in, in tension and in balance yep. um, is kind of the, the ultimate role of of what a fitness, not just CrossFit, but I think a, a fitness mm. pursuit and a fitness program or a performance program, you've got to hold those things in tension yet also in balance um, where there's the, the, the give and the take of, yes, I'm pursuing being fitter, that's not always comfortable. Yeah, right, exactly. It's not always comfortable. I, I think us as Americans just want everything handed to us, right? We're, yes. we're way too comfortable of a society. Yes. Man, results takes time. To get more fit takes time. Yes. It's it's an investment from... so It hurts, right? It doesn't feel it good. It doesn't always feel good. But the facts don't care about your feelings, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it, kind of a, a pity saying, but <laughs> they don't. The reality is, is that sometimes you have to experience levels of discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. Stress leads to growth. Yeah, Oh, I love it. isn't always comfortable. No, so, not at all. Um, Man, that's been a, yeah, it's a true statement when you start a business and a true statement from fitness and any yes, and all of the above, Yes, right? that applies to lots of things yeah. in life. So, <laughs> that's um, good. So that's kind of, a, 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 again, that's a really long answer to say um, kind of our foundation behind yeah. what we do. Yeah, and you guys do some other kind of interesting strength components as well. I know we talked about a little bit about you guys using some barbell medicine stuff, yeah. right, using RPE, yeah. and I love, I think it's such a unique approach to strength, right, so instead of us just saying, all right, we're going to hit, you know, four sets of eight today, and then we'll, it's some percentage, and then we'll pick that up next week as well, and I love that different varying ideas to, to develop strength, right, it caters yes. to some personalities more than other, and others, and really kind of helps make you well-rounded, so I'd love if you spoke on that a little yeah, bit, Yeah, I'd love to. Um, we were really uh, set up for, we were primed for that, coming off of the shutdown, Yep. Um, oh yeah, that's where, that's great. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So coming off of the of the shutdown, where mm, there's just there's no way that, and we we shifted to online programming. We gave equipment out, but it was minimal, right? People had a minimal choice of equipment, a minimal choice of loading. Mm -hmm. And so while we were at home, we had to obviously spend a lot of time under tension, yeah. creating new positions, creating new ways to reach uh, a dose response or progressive yeah. overload for folks. Um, but you can't mimic at home what we can in the gym. And so we came back, and something we do over summer, it's called Summer of Squats. Nice. And so we do a, anywhere between a, an eight to 12 week squat cycle during the summer. And so that's kind of our big goal, is to improve the squat. Well, people have been at home for 66 days. Yeah, that's crazy. And so there's no way Not chance. that we can bring them back and build a percentage-based program. Oh, you'd crush them. It would destroy them. Yeah. Injuries and, like out the roof. Right, because their percentage that they had 66 days ago 
is nowhere even close to what it currently was when yeah. we step back, step foot back in the gym. And that's an important point, right? It's like if you haven't trained, that's not your one rep max anymore, right? Not even. No. And, and not even close. And the no. same thing after an injury. I see this all the time too. People say, "Well, oh my gosh, I I feel a little bit better. Let me let me head back into the gym." It's like, <laughs> dude, you've been injured for three months. Yeah, you're 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 not gonna step back in where you stepped out. Exactly right. You know, we try to minimize that as best as possible, but it's the reality is you're not gonna it's, be as strong as you were. It's just not there. And yeah. So that I didn't even led, think about that. That's pretty no, yeah, no, no, that but that led that that opened the door for us to do the RPE, which is rate of perceived exertion. Yep. So it takes um and 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 it's hard, right? Because a lot of our folks, CrossFit has a stereotypical personality type. And that's not everyone, <laughs> but the stereotypical personality type of CrossFit is very type A. Sure it is. Or yep. at least has a tendency toward type A in some of their pursuits. And so the RPE, or rate of perceived exertion, is taking a prescribed amount of sets and reps and saying, you need to do this at an RPE of eight, <laughs> which means you know, we're, we're gonna do a set of five at an RPE of eight. That means that you've got two to three reps left in the tank. Right. I don't know what that means when I'm just starting this. So there's this learning curve of learning to to listen to what your body is telling you mm. per the session. Yeah, which is so um, so key. People don't know how to do that. They have no clue. zero clue how to do that. And and that's where again this this idea of prescribed loading has its pitfalls. Sure does. Right, because I may feel like moving a 225 pound barbell on Monday. <laughs> But I may not feel like that given the week's load, the week's yeah. intensity, the week's volume to do that on Friday. Right. Um, and so the RPE, for instance, gives the opportunity for people to learn to listen to their body. What is an RPE 8 for a set of 5 on Friday mm. may be very, very different than an RPE at a set, an RPE 8 at a set of 5 on Monday. Yeah, that's so good right there, right? I, yeah. I know me personally, and most people are probably this way as well. Monday, you're super fresh, man. Yep. You just got off the weekend. You yep. relaxed a little bit. The stress of the work week isn't hasn't caught, uh, up, with hasn't caught up with yep. you yet. And, and that's where, and that's what creeps into some of these injuries as well, right? People want to go 150 miles an hour, right? They want to be in their race car with the, the pedal to the floor, yep. and because they see these games athletes doing it or some very competitive athletes doing it, yep. and that's their one job, right? They they sleep all the time. They get naps in. They're paid to recover. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're paid to recover. recover. Right versus us, it's like working out is a stress to your system, yeah. not counting the fact that, oh man, your kids woke you up in the middle of the night, right? You've got the stress of all the bills you, you gotta pay right now, yeah. and you know, got a pandemic that some people are, are going crazy are about. Still sorting their way yeah, exactly, yeah. right. And all these things that, that feed into your body's ability to, to recover, yeah, I love that. You know, RP one day is gonna be so much different than later in the week. It, it takes into consideration the cumulative stress yeah. of a person's daily yeah. And their daily week, and their daily, you know, their month. Um, so I think that's it, huge to do after the after the bid shut down. Yeah, and so it let and and here's the reality: a lot of people loved it, <laughs> and a lot of people hated it. Sure. Um, but it let people find this entrance back into our gym and consider what their body was telling them. Yeah, that's um, huge. And so we stretched our summer of squats out an extra four weeks knowing that it's gonna take four to six weeks for people to even learn what this RPE thing is all about. Yeah. Um, so, rate of perceived exertion, uh, we, you know, and then too, there, we program days in where 
There is no weight prescription. There's no load prescription. Mm, that's good. Um, there's ranges of rep prescriptions. And so it gives people the opportunity to know when to hold them and know when to fold them when it comes mm. to intensity. Um, even even like we want three to five rounds. So we want, it, we want you to try to work toward three, but if you're starting to bleed power, stop. Yeah. Um, so giving Man, people the opportunity to tap into how their body's responding to the day yeah. based upon the days prior or the week prior. Um, mm. So the RPE is a great example of, of teaching people, right? Because we do, we don't want just sheep. Right. We don't want people who just, we tell them what to do and they go do it. Yeah, that's because good. Because it's what they're supposed to do. But we're teaching them to learn to listen to their body. We're teaching them to learn to kind of take this cumulative stress um, and how do we adapt to that in our pursuit of fitness, our pursuit of strength and conditioning. Um, so RP is a great example of that. That's great. Um, providing rep ranges yep. or providing percentile ranges. We still do percentiles. I think percentiles yeah. work really well. I'm sure they do. Um, I think for the for the Olympic style lifts, percentiles work really really well if folks have uh, one rep max to work off of. Yeah. Um, and so we even you know provide ranges there of of this should be sixty five to seventy five percent, not just seventy five or not just sixty five, but if you're feeling good, let's creep up toward those higher percentages. Mm-hmm. If you're not feeling so good, let's be on those lower ends today. Yeah. Um, and be able to, to hone in on what our body is allowing us to do. Right. Not always what we want to try to tell it to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's huge, right? Providing, not only in a lifting standpoint, right, from a percentage as well as sets and those kind of things. Yeah. But you guys did that in the Metcon when I came and dropped it. Yeah. Too. It's like, hey, let's hit, we got a time cap. Yeah. And you get what you can get in during that time. And if you need to do a little bit less, do a little bit more, go for it. Yeah, you know I think mean? that particular day was the, did you come on the breathing yeah, day? Yeah, we did come on yeah, the breathing day. The, yeah. the, the mandatory breath work yeah. in between rounds. Yeah, exactly, which is huge. And you so know? finding these little ways to, 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 what we talked about at the beginning, to slow people down, Yeah. to learn how to move better, um, and make them more conscientious about what's happening intra-workout, mm. um, while they're moving a barbell, or while they're doing pull-ups, Knowing that the more I can control the the go setting, mm-hmm. the easier it's going to be to control the rest setting. Yeah, yeah, um, that's huge. And so teaching people, and, and you referenced this a second ago when we talked about the professional CrossFit athlete. Yes, they are being paid to train, but the larger part of that training life for them is they're being paid to recover. Yeah, it's huge. And so fitness is built around the ability to recover. Absolutely. Not necessarily the ability to go. Yeah, that's so true. And and so creating those those opportunities to do that, not just in a training session, but then also uh, mitigating the effects of the training session and how well people can recover for the next day. Which is huge, right? And if they're not recovering well, if they're always mashing the go button, right? Then that's where tendon issues and low back strains and disc issues and all this other stuff starts creeping yeah. in is because you've done nothing but hit the go button. And, and never said, hey, I, I should probably dial back a little bit today. And your body's right? really good at hitting the stop button for oh, you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. right. It, yeah. it will let you know there's typically warning signs yeah. beforehand, and if yeah. you ignore and blow through the stop signs, it's going to stop you, yeah, right? You're going to hit a brick wall. Yeah. And, and so many people, yeah, CrossFit's dangerous, CrossFit's dangerous. It's like, no, you've had these warning signs. You have to listen to your body. Every coach says that. Every gym owner says that. Yeah. I say that. Yeah. But if you don't learn to listen to your body, 
you will get injured. It'll period. Make you less. It, it'll make you less. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's huge. I love it. So let's talk about breath work a little bit, yeah. man. We do. That's work. that's uh, that stuff is super interesting. Yeah. It's become popular in my industry yep. as well. You know, from down regulating the nervous system yep. and, and all these other things. So, man, I'd love if you talk a little bit about uh, some breath work with us. Yeah. So, so breath work for us, I've been I've been dabbling in it. Not just dabbling in. It. I think I did a deep dive for for really a long time ago when I was introduced to kettlebells and these things called breathing ladders that we can go into here in a minute as well. Um, I began to see the advantages of breath work in my own life with uh, managing anxiety. Yeah, that's huge. So managing my personal anxiety. Um, and so the, the way that we began to treat breath work at the gym is a microcosm of life. So true. Okay, and, and the 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 nervous system, right? Sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system. Um, And how we can use breath work to down-regulate and go parasympathetic. Right. Um, Or at least down-regulate that sympathetic nervous system to slow our body, slow our mind, and become responsible for how we respond. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which is huge, right? Yeah. I know, you know, Whoop's doing a ton of stuff with this, yeah. right? Uh, you got the band on right yeah, now, and you're looking at HRV, yeah. and um, and and how all of those things, our psychology, and then I, I learned this through an organization called, uh, it's now called Shift Adapt, hmm. but the art of breath. Yep. Um, psychology is a representation of physiology or a manifestation of physiology. Mm-hmm. And how those two things really do work in concert with one another. That they do. Um, and so for us, breath work is teaching people how to take control of your body's response to stimulus. Yep. Um, and so if we can learn how to do that in the gym, mm. right? right? We've got a barbell on the ground and we've got to go deadlift it 15 times, or we've got to clean and jerk it 15 times, or we've got whatever, whatever workout is on the board. Mm-hmm. That nervous system kicks in and says, go, right? Fight or flight. And so it adapts to the stress. Correct. And it sympathizes, right? That sympathetic nervous system kicks in and says, this is what we've got to do. This is the task at hand. Mm-hmm. We've got to create a state of body that can respond to that. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's the same thing with stress at work. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's the biggest thing, that's right? It's the same thing with stress at home. Yeah. Um, so so learning how to manage stress. And so for us, breath work mm. is one of those incredible components um, for learning how to mitigate this overstressed situations, overstressed setting to be able to recover, mm. to be able to downregulate, to downshift, get control of what my physiology is doing, and then be able to go again. Yeah. Um, the body's response to stress is good, right? We have it for a reason. Right. Cortisol is produced for a reason. Yep. Epinephrine, norepinephrine, those things are produced for a reason, but when we let them send us into a tailspin, mm. We've taken this thing that's meant to be good, and we've not learned how to harness its power. Right, exactly. Right, it, it's like it, it's you know the, the systems that PT school were taught to us like 
Hey, if you got a bear chasing you all day long, right, you want your system to respond to be able to get away from this bear. Yes. But when you're sitting on the couch at home, you don't want to the be... The bear's not chasing yeah. you anymore. Exactly. You want to be able to relax. You need to learn how to chill out. E- exactly. Um, but people take the stress of their, their life, and then they add working out on top of it, right? This very stressful environment. 100% and, stressful. And, and then it's it's running rampant all day long, you know, coupled with the fact, hey, I'm stressed from work, and yeah. all these other things going on. Yeah. And then we wonder why, oh crap, I feel terrible. I cannot recover I'm worth a day. I'm sleeping, I'm constantly hungry, or I'm not hungry at all, depending yeah. on which end of the spectrum your body represents that. And yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, the, it's this totality of stressors. And I think the other thing, too, is that we've done a really bad job. Working out just really helps me de-stress. <laughs> and while that may be true in the sense of there's this release... Or I'm mm. f- training. Fitness is a stressor. It's good stress, but your body only knows stress. Exactly. It can't distinguish between good stress, bad stress. Right. Right. Um, and so it only knows stress. And if we're constantly continuing to stress, um, right, working out causes a euphoric high. That's yes. what feels good. Exactly. Right after the fact. That's what feels good after the fact. But that still is a stress response. Right, exactly. Um, and so we're just we're just piling stress response on top of stress response yeah. on top of stress. And eventually that causes that crumble. Exactly, right. So then, then people get injured, right? And then they, they're still so high stress, right? And so high strung from some of the things going on in their life that that leads to that injury lingering potentially a little bit longer than yeah. it could too, right? Yeah, but I'm also addicted to this cortisol response. Yeah. And so... I've got to overlook this stuff, this, this <laughs> stuff that doesn't feel good or that could potentially slow me down and just go back for more. It, exactly, right? Um, but, you know, if we learn to manage that in our pursuit of fitness, the more that we can begin to, the, the longer we can continue fitness. It's that longevity approach. Absolutely. It's like take take five minutes, prop your feet up on the wall and get, get some breath work in, you know? And, and that's where this comes into play with what we're doing. It's teaching us to down-regulate um, and, and the ways that we can apply that to our normal life, the way that I can take a step back and, oh, man, I realize that, that this cadence breath really helped me get control. Yeah. So when I'm stressed, I can take this three minutes and find this, you know, Five minutes of cadence breathing, hmm. and what that does for me—for you know, mental clarity, physiological calming—and and again, it's a microcosm. Fitness is just this small realm where we can learn to tap into those things, yeah, and use them in a broader setting. Absolutely. Well, that's why you know people feel good after yoga. Oh, I love going to yoga, right? It's so much breath work. I mean, ninety percent of it's it that. It's utterly built around breath work. Yeah. yeah. T- exactly. Taking these cases at the end of it, you're like, man, I just feel super relaxed. Yeah. And the and the great thing about that is is you're beginning to see like uh, I just finished a book for the second time called Breath. Yep. Which is about kind of tapping into this ancient art of using the breath to create wellness and health and fitness. Um, so you're seeing that stuff begin to move more into a, a more popular realm. Um, but I think it's, it's teaching people to be intentional. Yeah. Um, and so I've got a captive audience, right? People pay me <laughs> right. to be in my gym 
to learn how to get more fit, and this is a place where it's we can do it. Absolutely. Um, and so they trust me. We've I've earned their trust, mm. and so I get to apply those techniques um, and apply those those small little glimpses, mm. right, of of how we can control a stress response. Yeah, that's great. What other kind of health benefits uh, can can breath work really play into? You know, you know, two max, some of these other just crazy shenanigans where yeah. it's just impressive what some of this stuff can do in the middle of a workout too, right? I yeah, mean, that's, so that's so, where I've seen it programmed in, in yeah. those programming. So intro workout, you know, in the middle of a workout, we're looking at like take a breathing ladder for example. So we're coming back to that breathing ladder idea. Um, learning to increase my VO two max. That's a great opportunity to learn to increase mm-hmm. VO two max. So. We can take a, a set rep scheme. Uh, we're gonna do 10 reps of kettlebell swings. A kettlebell swing is a great tool to do breathing ladders with, by the way, because it's not your typical, um, we're taking a load and we're learning to become cardiovascular. With. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so I'm taking uh, a kettlebell and I'm gonna do 10 swings and then I'm gonna do 10 breaths. At the end of my 10 breaths, I'm getting right back to nine swings, nine breaths, Mm. so on and so forth. Or I'm going to do whatever the case may be. Take a number of of reps and a number of prescribed breaths, and it's teaching me to utilize that gaseous exchange, that exchange of of CO2 Mm. and oxygen, and it's learning to make my cardiopulmonary system more efficient. Right. Um, And really, that's what VO2 max is. It's... How efficient is my cardiovascular, my cardiopulmonary system at taking oxygen in, sending it to where it needs to go, yeah. and mitigating or, or learning to uh, buffer CO2 correctly. Right. Um, and so it can increase VO2 max. We can use it to um, increase uh, lactic threshold. Yep. So we're Jeez. teaching our body how to buffer lactate. And, and how to breathe through those moments of super bouts of high intensity, learning to teach the body to breathe well, to recover as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. and then get back to another bout of high intensity. Um, yeah. So, you know, on that kind of that lactate threshold and VO2 max, those spectrums there, we're just learning to teach the body how to respond better um, and how to use the cardiopulmonary system to be more efficient. Right. Well, and that's ultimately what's happening with these people who are super duper fit, right? That's how they're able to go out and just absolutely crush it is because they've taught their bodies how to get rid of the lactic acid buildup yep. and the carbon dioxide buildup yep. in the middle of a workout. That's how you don't redline, right? That's yep. how you don't reach the point of no return. You're like, I've got to stop, Correct. you know? Correct. Or even because, you know, and there's some there's some really some newer science on this idea that lactate has actually can be used as an energy system. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how are we teaching our body to actually do these things? Uh, I love the, the premise of a cup. Mm-hmm. So my cup is eight ounces. This is right. It's a hypothetical cup here. Right. But my cup represents my capacity to work. Mm-hmm. And we use training to learn to fill the cup up without it spilling over. And if we can do that well, I can take my eight ounce cup and make it ten ounces. And I mm-hmm. learn how to fill that ten ounce cup up without just spilling over in a session. And then I can grow grow my cup to be twelve ounces. So good. And learn how to fill that cup up without spilling over. So it's that idea of building this capacity over time to become a more efficient athlete, to become yeah. a more efficient human. Yeah. Period. Exactly. Um, and breath work's a good way to learn to manage that. 
Yeah, I love it. And I, I use that a very similar analogy when it yeah. comes to injuries, right? It's like, hey, you've you got to be able to, to fill up this, this cup without it spilling over. And then eventually that cup or that pot or whatever example you want to yeah. use can get bigger, yeah. right? And breath work can be huge of, hey, if I can make your system more efficient by getting rid of all the crap in it, that's going to be one key, key to keeping your, your cup from bubbling over. But then yeah. like we talked about earlier, right, the stress from your, your life yeah. can – we can – kind of dump a little bit of water out of the spout, so to speak, yeah. without having it bubble over, yeah. right? And that's, yeah. I love it. Well, and too, you know, like, physiologically geeking out, like, we've gone into some nasal breathing stuff, right? This is still pseudoscience-y. Yep. And I'm okay with that. Yep. Like, you know, an N of, I guess, <laughs> 200 in our gym. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, small sample sizes, but when you when you begin to, to implement, like, nasal breathing, for instance, we know that that's creates nitric oxide and boosts nitric oxide production, which, which helps vasodilate, which helps take oxygen to, you know, the, the extremities. And so all of those little things that we know to be physiologically true, we're just becoming a little bit more intentional about it. Yeah. Um, and it's those small little steps toward intentionality that lead to big changes over time. Yeah. If you're willing to stay the Right, exactly. And it's just like any other thing, right? You got to teach your body how to do it and yep. breathe appropriately. It's pretty darn difficult, man. Like during the middle of that workout, I had never done mid-workout kind of breathing yeah. cadences. And dude, it was tough. I was like, dude, this is brutal. Yeah, My well, lungs are trash and I'm in pretty say, good shape. <laughs> it, it, it tells your body, maybe I'm not as fit as I thought I was. Right. You know, um, but it does. It makes you take ownership of the ways that you're not only... It makes you take ownership of how you are managing energy expenditure, mm-hmm. right? Um, could I do this for five rounds if I had to? And if the answer is no, then we might be going a little too hard just yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so learning to find that mind-body connection between what I think I can do versus what I actually can do and how to begin to meet in the middle with those two things. And and I think if we could distill down this entire podcast to one idea, it's exactly that, right? If you, if you want to be less injured, right. And you want to continue to be able to do this for the long haul and you want to be a more fit human. It's like, my gosh, mesh these two ideas of foot to the gas versus, Hey, let me let off just a little bit and let's meet in the middle somewhere. Yep. Yep, the blessed balance, right? Yeah. I think I've had some folks ask me, well, how would you describe your philosophy? And I was like, I think it's balance. Yeah. Um, if we can achieve balance in how we're approaching fitness, then I know that I'm not killing you on one hand, but I'm not underserving you on the other. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's so good. So, and so that's, uh, that's kind, of, kind of how we do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's great. Caleb, how do we get in contact with you guys? If we want to check out on social media or come uh, come hang out with you guys. Yeah, uh, you can contact uh, me personally through Caleb at CrossFitEastNashville.com. You can go to our website, CrossFitEastNashville.com. There's a you know contact me link or whatever. You know the links on the interwebs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's, a, there's a get in contact. There's a reach out. There's schedule a free trial class. Uh, my phone number is also on there. It's my personal phone number because I want people to be able to get in, talk, in touch with me about anything and everything. Uh, but CrossFitEastNashville.com, our Instagram handle is at CrossFitEastNashville. Same on Facebook, CrossFitEastNashville. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, connect with you and, uh, and see if we'd be a good fit for you know what you want to do. I love it. That's fantastic. We'll drop all that stuff in the comments as usual. And uh, Caleb, thanks for your time, brother. Hey, sorry I've talked a lot. No, this is great, man. (laughs) This is good content. 
Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Don't forget, educate yourself, surround yourself with positivity, and take care of your body. It's the only one you get. Education is the key to a stronger and healthier you, one person and one community at a time. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and leave us comments. If you want to find out more about us and how to maximize your health and performance, check out our clinic on Instagram at Momentum underscore Sports PT or at MomentumSportsPT.com.